Hello, friends. I'm your host, Christina, and you're listening to Radical Stepmoms, a podcast about the good, bad, and really ugly moments about raising a child that you didn't create. Here, I'll discuss the realities of co-parenting, the way stepmotherhood affects a marriage, the relationship with our stepkids, and most of all, navigating the relationship with ourselves. I want each episode to leave you feeling validated, empowered, and oh so radical. So pour yourself a LaCroix, a glass of red, or whatever, and listen in on Radical Stepmoms. Hello, you are listening to Radical Stepmoms. This is Christina. This episode is a little story time with my stepmom friend, Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Christina. (laughs) Uh, Kelly reached out and one of uh, the things that she shared from her story that really got my attention was something that I think a lot of stepmoms get upset about or have to navigate and deal with is when we feel that, you know, we are doing a lot for the kids and, you know, we're having to quote co-parent air quotes, (laughs) Uh, co-parent with another house. And we often feel that the things that they're doing that they're contributing is really performative, where we feel that they aren't really in it for the right reasons and all the things that come with that. So Kelly and I are going to chat about that today. Frustration, some story times, some happy times. Kelly, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So let's start with background on you. How long have you been a stepmom? How many stepkids do you have? Yeah, so I came to Michigan from Washington in 2019 and was not planning on staying long. COVID happened. Yeah. I now husband. <laughs> and so I have three stepkids. I met them in 2020 and they were 5, 12, and 13. And we got married January of 2022. Mm-hmm. So my stepkids are now 8, 14, and 16. Yeah. Yeah. Uh We'll we'll talk about teenagers. (laughs) Yeah. So we have elementary school, middle school, and high school. Oh, yikes. Wow. Okay. What's your custody schedule? We do 50-50. So we have week week off, and then we switch on Sundays. Okay. Sundays. Mm-hmm. So we do Monday switch. What's Sunday like? I tried. I tried you... to do the Monday switch. Okay. Uh huh. It didn't work for us. The teenagers have to drag all of their stuff back and forth. Mm-hmm. They don't want to take it to school. They don't want it dropped off later. So we switch at five o'clock on Sunday. Okay. Um, which is chaos. Mm-hmm. So just out of curiosity, with them being teenagers, do they drive? Do they drive their siblings back to the other house? They with all don't. Their belongings? Okay. My okay. oldest stepdaughter just turned 16. Okay. And we're working on the car situation. And she can drive my car, but she doesn't want to because it's, it's an old Toyota and it's not cool. Oh, oh yeah. Um, it's got to be a lot cooler than that. Yeah. So yeah. she has a car at mom's house that she uses. But for right now, no, we, we drop them off. Yeah. I don't ever participate in drop-offs or pickups. Okay. Yeah. I'm always thinking, all right, so at what point does it become significantly easier for us where we don't have to do the transportation and or see bio mom? So yeah, our Mondays, I'm wondering if if that will ever 
change. Right now, we always just do it because school is a easy transition where we just drop him off and and that's it. Um, mm-hmm. And he doesn't really have any like real belongings right now, but maybe as he becomes that teenager, he'll start to care more. I don't know. Yeah, they want all of you know their stuff back and forth, and we tried doubling up and just making sure they have but you know they have to have their like lululemon leggings and all their nikes and Uh so they just yeah and bio mom also was not on board mondays so Mm, okay all right so i mean you came in love talking to pandemic stepmoms because you know there's a lot of you now and do you feel i'm always curious that things moved a little bit faster than you would have thought it would or do you feel like it was just right do you feel like it was slower what how do you feel your relationship progressed and how was it impacted by the pandemic I think it was definitely faster than either of us anticipated. My husband didn't officially get divorced until like almost a year into our relationship. They had been separated for about six months before we started dating. But with the pandemic, all of the court cases were so backlogged and it was just dragging on. So we talked about that a lot. And, but we also had so much time because of the pandemic. So we had so much time to spend together. Um, and we had lots of like, like being in lockdown. And yeah, yeah, we were kind of coming out of lockdown when we started dating, but everything was still slow. And we just had so much time to spend together. We spent like every single day that he didn't have the kids. It was kind of a week on week off dating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was definitely faster than either of us ever thought it would be. But it also just kind of worked out. Mm-hmm. Felt right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So relationship with the stepkids, relationship with bio mom. Let's let's dive right in. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've never met bio mom. I'm always so curious about those types of those types of dynamics. Yeah. Is this something that was there an introduction? I mean, I get asked all the time, is it okay that I've never met her? And I'm always like, if it works for you, then it works for you. But I'm always curious of like, was it never offered? Is this a boundary that you've put up? Is this something that, you know, yeah, tell me, tell me. It, and this is kind of, I think, falls into that performative parenting thing because it was never offered. Mm-hmm. And after I met the kids and like our relationship was progressing and, you know, then I eventually moved in to his house that he used to share with his ex-wife. Mm-hmm. I just, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Love that for you. (laughs) Luckily, my husband's a contractor. So he had put an addition on the house that wasn't finished, that we have since finished. So we do have like a brand new bedroom, closet, bathroom that she has never stepped foot in. Nice. So I got lucky there. But I. We're going to put up some walls and take these walls down. Yes. (laughs) So it actually worked out okay. But I just assumed that we would meet. And I kind of just kept waiting for it. 
And my youngest stepdaughter would ask me all the time and say, when are you going to meet my mom? When are you going to meet my mom? And I would always just say, it's going to happen soon. You know, it'll happen soon. And she told the older step kids and was very vocal about not wanting to meet me Mm. and just said, I don't want to meet her. I don't need to meet her. I don't need to talk to her. And so I just said, okay. And so she would say that to my stepkids all the time. And they would tell me, I have a really great relationship with my stepkids. I'm very lucky. They're really, really wonderful. And, but then she would tell other people, her mom, her dad, friends, you know, oh my God. And, you know, Brian's been with her for this long and I've never even met her and she has my kids and I don't even know her. And of and course how I you? hear all of this. Yeah. How are you hearing that? How are you hearing what she's telling other people? From them. From okay. My husband for a while was still communicating with her, with her family mom okay. and her dad. Yeah. And okay. so they would tell me. And I I mean, I, I guess it just got to the point where I just let it go. And now it's been three years and I've still, I've never met her. I talked to her on the phone one time with my husband. We were both having a conversation after an incident with the teenager and that's it. So interesting, you know, and it's, I say this over and over and over again to stepmoms, either on episodes or on one-on-ones of just this loop that we go in of trying to understand her side, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I feel like I personally, that is one of my biggest, like, things that I try and disengage from that I try and it's a constant, I'm constantly exercising this skill of not giving a shit of like why she does what she does and why she thinks the way that she thinks. But because as you're telling this story, right, as you're sharing this, I'm thinking, and and this is because I'm a clinician, right? I'm always trying to figure out the why and the, the, uh, what's underneath, right? But as you're sharing this, I'm, I'm thinking like, okay, so maybe she's insecure. Like I'm trying to humanize her in a way that makes it okay in some way of like, yeah, I understand. But then it's always because if there was a case of like, if she were to say, you know what, I don't need to meet her, you know, I'm, she doesn't even need to give explanation, but for then her, for, for her to then tell other people that it's like, weird you know she's like covering up like just own it just yeah. own it yeah because i think it's completely okay for bio moms and stepmoms not to meet i think it's completely okay because while we're trying to navigate and establish our own boundaries in our role or with bio mom they have the right to do that too right like it goes both ways you know if bio mom's super friendly and wants to be your friend bio mom or stepmom can say uh actually i want a little bit more boundary and vice versa right right but there's that piece where it's like why don't you just own up to it and just like say the truth and that's what makes me think like there's something something going else going on like it's not just boundaries it's you know whatever but like I tell 
stepmoms over and over again, like, you are not her and she is not you. You're not going to be able to figure her out. But these types of situations, I'm just like, God, if we could just understand, like, why she continues to do this, right? But we can't stay there too long or we'll drive ourselves crazy. So we can't, no. If you wanted, if, if at this juncture, like where you guys are currently at, would you want to meet her if she was open to it? At this point, with everything that has happened in the last three years, it would be very difficult for me to want to meet her. Mm -hmm. So she's like burned that bridge before she... I've extended the olive branch so many times. I just am at the point now where I it used to not bother me and it was fine. And our house was our house and her house was her house. Mm -hmm. Now, like since she's gotten sober and has decided that she is going to be super mom, Mm -hmm. she's now showing up at places the kids are at during our time. She started like taking them to lunch on our time. She is in my life. 24 7 and it's so exhausting that i don't think at this point i even have the emotional space or the energy no i mean for the first couple of years i was so willing and ready and i had that like stepmom dream of Mm. we could just be honest (laughs) about how things are and it'll be fine and i'll do my thing and we can you know, send emails and we can coordinate. And I was so hopeful. And now I have had to completely pivot. And I think I've been hurt so much at this point that I don't have a whole lot for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, well, there's been, it sounds like a lot of damage either like to the whole overall relationship or just direct things at you. And it would take a an amount of repair and for her to admit some things or to open up and be real about things that she will probably never do. And that you may not even trust if she did do them. So it's like, meh. Yeah, I I get that. I get that completely. It's fine. It's fine. And I think as a stepmom, you feel, or just even as a woman, you feel horrible. Like I hate saying out loud to people. I've never met her. Mm -hmm especially, you know, other moms and they look at me like that's just crazy. And even people who love me and know me are like, you've never met her. Like how, you know, and you take care of her kids and you've been, and it does like, sound, it's not on me though. I didn't choose I this. Know, and I'm like, <laughs> it does sound horrible. Like it makes, but I not for lack of trying and it's, you know, as much as we talk about disengaging from our stepkids, like I disengage from Biomom. Totally. Yeah. It's not my responsibility anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we kind of, can you share a little bit? So she, you've kind of seen this flip-flop now and it sounds like Biomom, you know, has dealt with some substance issues and she's working through that, which I imagine, you know, again, me showing compassion for the other side because I can't help it that through that she's trying to do some healing trying to make up for lost time trying to now be present for her kids and she's doing it in a way that might be dismissive to what you guys what you and your husband have been doing this entire time right or undermining 
right? And so now it's like, okay, now you want to show up, but yay, now you want to show up, but there's a tactful way to do that. Is that what, <laughs> is that what or you're finding? Just, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I am so stoked that she is sober and wanting to make up for lost time with her kids and be a parent that she hasn't been for most of their life. But it's like, I will, you know, go to school meetings and send you guys, you know, the lunch order for the month and sign them up for soccer. But I won't clean their nails or brush their hair Mm -hmm. or, you know, make them food. Like it's always only in a way that other people can see. And none of it is actually caring for her kids, actually parents and taking care of your kids, basically. Mm -hmm. And she just gets to like, sign them up for soccer and they're so happy they got signed up for an activity, you know, and there's no actual parenting happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's frustrating, right? Especially when you're putting in energy to all of it and it's not for theatrics, right? And you're having to just, cause does she expect co-parenting now? When there really hasn't been, or is she trying to, you know, where do you find the dynamic? She expects co-parenting, but also wants me to stay in my lane in quotes. And so I have now become responsible for a lot of the things that I have no authority to do. So like doctor's appointments and dealing with mental health issues with the kids and like therapy and all these other things that have been, that are being neglected by her are put on my plate, but I don't have any control over that. Like I'm not their biological parent. I can't make all their appointments. I can't you know, and I do, I I try to do it, but then if I do take control of all those things and I make appointments or I create star charts to try to work on, you know, we've got like our youngest has a really hard time with finger sucking and I'm trying so hard to, you know, that you really want to have control over. I'm like expected to do because she's not, but then when I do, I'm told to stay in my lane. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's that constant disengaging, engaging, disengaging, engaging, and trying to figure out what my role is just in that moment every single day. Mm-hmm. And then being told to stay out of it. Mm-hmm. I think what you're describing is this dynamic that I think a lot of stem moms are in, where like this is. If we describe this situation, if we're, you know, talking to a group or whatever, and we're like saying, oh, I'm involved in all these things, like we get this judgment that like, oh, you know, you're stepping on the mom's toes when really it's like, I'm not, I'm stepping in where she isn't present. 
And yes. it's not that I don't, it's not that I want to be doing all these things. It's that they have to be done. And there's the mom who's not doing it. And so I have to do it. Someone has to do it. Someone has to do it. And like your partner might be involved, like, and it's you two raising them. But there are certain things that I, I have to say, like, we take on as the female or as, you know, the in like heteronormative relationships where we carry all the emotional baggage and we have this, we, you know, know the calendar and we make the meal plans and all that shit, right? Like we take that on as well. And even more so if bio mom isn't showing up in a way that is meeting her kids' needs. I have dealt with this the entirety of my stepmom experience of constantly showing up for my stepson in the ways that he shows me he needs, and I know he's not getting from his mom, whether it's emotional, uh, you know, or it's dealing with school stuff or to any me- medical, his health, his allergies, all that crap. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and so I, I think it's it's so frustrating when we are in those positions of feeling we'll get, like we have to defend what we're doing, but then we get told like because we get told like well yeah they're from by a mom like stay in your lane why are you doing this or ooh how's the mom feel about that and all I want to say is like I don't want to be doing this like trust me if the other side was pulling in their way I would be fine but here I am and then by a moms get to just you know play out that narrative of oh she's overstepping or oh she's you know doing my job when it's like no, I'm pretty much teaching you how to do your job. Like you, I'm showing you what needs to be done. So now by a mom, you just go do that now. And which is in a, that dynamic is also frustrating. So yeah, when you're, and it's hard to disengage from that, right? I feel like that that's the hardest part. That's the hardest, uh, the hardest things to disengage from because what you're doing is ultimately better for the kids. And that's what keeps you doing it. It is. I mean, it's, it's, what's best for the kids, but it's also very difficult to, it's easier and it's more difficult to disengage from teenagers because, and I I hear a lot of stepmoms, you know, whether it's on your podcast or books or whatever, talk about, you know, having younger stepchildren, which obviously comes with its own challenges. But when you have teenagers, everything that happens gets reported back to bio mom, like in real time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk about that fishbowl effect of, you know, every single thing that happens in my house immediately gets reported to five or six different people. And So you're trying to do what you think is best, or I'm trying to do what I think is best for my stepkids and parent the absolute best way that I can. But any overstepping, understepping moment of disengagement where I tell my husband, I'm out today, I can't do it, you know, and then bio mom gets a text and it's like, oh, you know, I haven't seen Kelly all day. She's been laying in bed all day watching, you know, HBO or whatever. And so if you're super involved, you're super involved and you're evil. If you're not involved, 
you're lazy and neglectful. Yes. yes. Great. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So with this, I mean, I, I think it's important to to chat about this. The the teen effect and the the fishbowl impact. So is this something that you talk to them about as far as like why do you do you feel it's pro like do you feel it's appropriate to talk to them about it and ask them like, you know, why do you report everything back to your mom? And like, is it is it worth that? I don't know. I've asked myself that a lot. They don't do it intentionally, mm, yeah. you know, and back when she was not well, they weren't talking to her very much and she wouldn't reach out to them. And so, like I said, our weeks were just our weeks and her weeks were her weeks and it was fine. But now that she's like texting them constantly and showing up and taking them out to lunch, I don't even know it's happening half the time. And my, you know, stepson who's 14 the other week, they had a snow day and he just said, oh, mom's going to be here in five minutes to pick me up for lunch. And I was like, oh, okay. And when they do tell her things, they're not doing it maliciously. They're mm-hmm. not, they're kind of just talking Sharing about their, about their life. Yeah. And she's certainly fishing right. for information, but I I don't feel comfortable talking to them about it because they don't want them to feel like they can't right. just share their day with their mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And their mom lives with her dad, their grandpa, mm-hmm. who is now also very involved. So that's another aspect. And it's just, you know, my husband and my 16 year old daughter got into an argument a few weeks ago as teenagers and dads and moms do. Mm-hmm. And it got, she was very emotional. She was very angry. She said things to my husband that if I ever said to my father, I would like move to a different country out of Mm. fear. But it like immediately got reported back and mom wanted to pick them all up and not have them at our house. And, you know, every little thing that happens, we're really not allowed to just be parents. Mm-hmm. And, or be human, human, or be humans, or yeah. make mistakes, or but they're allowed to do that. And what happened at their house? We don't talk to anyone about that. We respect privacy, and we talk to the kids about things and how they feel about it. But you know, then it it if she makes this big fuss about everything that happens, it gives her that like notch on her belt of like see, see everyone. Here's another mm-hmm. reason, you know that my ex-husband and his new wife are terrible. Yeah. When you feel like you're under a microscope, but she can do no wrong. Yeah. Right. You're under the microscope, but she's human and makes mistakes. It's okay. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Like she deserves forgiveness, but you guys are terrible. And kids give their parents that forgiveness. You know, kids give their moms and their dads forgiveness in a way that, as a stepmom, I feel you have to earn it every single day. And if you have a bad day, mm-hmm. you know, then it takes 
multiple weeks to earn their forgiveness back. And I feel like I have to, you know, take them shopping or make their favorite meal or do all of these extra things right. that a biological parent wouldn't do to like earn the, earn the trust back, earn the affection back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Earn the right back into the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We're not allowed to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, and then it's like, well, then I'm just going to completely back off because I can't deal with the anxiety of worrying about making mistakes. And then mm-hmm. you back off. And then as a woman, as a stepmom, you have to jump back in because they need you. They need me. You know, they need their hair done and their nails trimmed and the right dry shampoo from Target. <laughs> yeah, you're doing that constant game of I'm way involved. She's telling me to get less involved. I get less involved. Kids need me. Someone, you know, and you just play that like tennis game mm-hmm. all day, every day. And that's just exhausting. I think that's the life of a stepmom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's exhausting. And then, and then our partners wonder why we feel like the sigh of relief when the kids leave, <laughs> when we get a week to just chill. And my husband feels that too. When the kids leave, we like, or, yeah. Yeah. And that's weird too with 50. 50 because it's it's great because you have an entire week to yourself and then you have an entire week with things so you really get that time but it does feel like you know we laugh sometimes that on our week where we don't have the kids we just like don't get anything done because Mm. we like we're on vacation yeah yeah and we just don't do anything we used to feel that way too before we had our daughter and even just last night it was our transition day And we go from one kid to two kids and like our evenings when we don't have my steps on are very calm. Like my daughter usually sits like at the Island and does like a little dry erase working on our letters and numbers while we're making dinner. Like we have music going, things are just kind of chill. And then my stepson comes home like last night and we've got kids running the loop around the island, going up and down the stairs. They're like throwing darts at each other and it's loud and I get very overstimulated pretty quickly. Um, So if lights are on and music is going, the fan is on because we're using the stove and then they're running around. I'm like super high strung and I just look at my husband and I'm like, and this what it this is what it's like to go from one to two in a freaking snap. Like it's just in a second. In a second. Second they walk in the door. And I have started completely disengaging on transition night. Mm-hmm. I felt so bad about it for a while. And it took me a minute, but now like the kids walk in at five o'clock. I say hi. They go upstairs to decompress. My husband, we call it like lasagna night. We just put a frozen lasagna in. He feeds them and I just tap out and watch shows. So sometimes other than that initial hello, I won't even see them mm-hmm. until like Monday morning. Mm-hmm. It has saved me. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think that's something that like I tell a lot of stepmoms that if you need that, do not feel guilty for it, right? Because it's like you need to ease into your week, especially if it's like week on, week off situations. And like it's going to set you up better and it's taking care of yourself. And it's, I don't know, I've talked to some stepmoms who will like 
make it a thing to go like take the long way home or they'll just go with the friend every transition or they're Mm -hmm. hiding out in your room totally acceptable yeah so if that's what you got to do and i'm glad that you were able to identify that need and make it happen and not feel guilty about it because if i i mean i would love to do that maybe someday i will it's just hard too because with my daughter and stuff i'm just like oh yeah (laughs) yeah we don't have it ours maybe and it's also easier with teenagers because like they don't want to come they don't care as much they're like hi bye like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. snapchat and i'm like all right see ya (laughs) that part gets easier (laughs) what they do for sure yeah all right so we've talked about lots of different things and i i think one thing that the theme that i'm hearing from you is just this like push and pull and the struggle with identifying when i'm disengaging and why i'm disengaging and in what circumstances is it you know good for me when do i need to show up for the kids and kind of sacrifice and like so what what does your part what's your partner's understanding of disengaging and how does he struggle or how does he support you what's his overall take i know that a lot of partners can feel a type of way even just about that word disengaging so how is disengaging show up for you and your partner I am very lucky. My husband completely understands disengaging in any form that I feel like I need it. We communicate really well. A lot of the time, I don't even really need to say anything to him. He just gets it and he knows. And he definitely, if I don't do it, like he will let me take control and be like super stepmom and get burnt out Mm -hmm. without realizing I'm getting burnt out, Mm -hmm. which I think is normal Mm -hmm. because it's like great when I just take care of everything. Of course. Um, And he's like, oh, this is awesome. But yeah, we, he doesn't have a problem with disengaging at all. And we talk about it. We talked about it a lot in the beginning when I was like, starting my stepmom journey and I was learning what disengaging was Mm -hmm. and we talked about it and now he kind of just knows and we've never you know fought about it it's never been an issue he doesn't have any problems with it he was kind of their primary parent for a lot of their lives you know like I said his wife had some pretty bad uh, alcohol addiction problems. So he was kind of like Mr. Mom. Mm, mm-hmm. So it's very normal for him to just take over. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah. So it really hasn't been an issue. I'd say gauging from his mom who moved in three doors down was a little mm-hmm. bit. That one's been more difficult. Oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a fun. That happened. Uh, <laughs> that one's been a little bit more difficult. I really have two bio moms, honestly. Mm. Oh, that's not uh, that's your mother-in-law yes oh that sounds like a whole other episode girlfriend it is she <laughs> has my stepdaughter like three days a week during our oh week wow i oh. will not give them up so i really only have wow. my youngest stepdaughter for a few days a week wow. so yeah that's a whole nother episode but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah no disengaging has been no problem with me yeah i see like okay. 
I find in the couples that really understand what disengaging is and using use it effectively have identified this sort of rhythm and can really um, take notice of where their partner is at, right? Like our your partner really has to be be aware of what is overwhelming to you. Like my husband, like I said, like I get like super sensitive to sensory stuff. And if I come home and the kids are running around and it's loud and my husband will immediately be like, all right, let's dim the lights, you know, Alexa volume down, like all that stuff. And he'll just make the environment way more comforting for me. And then, I mean, I will say it's taken several years for him to really understand what I mean by disengaging. And I've shared this before that like the, the word can seem really scary or, I mean, he's said before, like, I feel like you're abandoning me and that you're just leaving me to do all that, you know? And it's like, I'm not leaving you. This is just either an emotional disengagement or physical. And it's just an effort to preserve what we have (laughs) because it's not sustainable for me to continue, you know, like viewing all the emails from Biomom and getting really mad about it or showing up in this way over and over again, feeling drained, right? Like, so yeah, I think it sounds like you and your partner are able to be aware of where you're at and respect, he's able to respect you when you need to step back. And I think that that's such a huge, huge thing that stepmoms need for this to be a happier and healthier relationship, right? Yeah, I think you know, being a stepmom starts with your partner first. And you see a lot of, you know, people talking and you're like, well, is that a step kid issue or is that a partner issue? And mm-hmm. if you don't have the right partner, then it's never going to work. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like you said, like my husband knows, you know, I went from living in a 500 square foot with three step kids all of my sensory issues and that I am kind of an introvert and a quiet person. And, you know, sometimes I'm super stepmom and I go, you know, balls out all day. And then the next day I've got like nothing left Mm -hmm. and he, he just sees it and he gets it and he steps in because that's the thing about stepmoms, right? Like we feel guilty, but if we weren't here and our partners were doing it alone, they'd still be doing it alone. Like they can, mm-hmm. they can still do it. They can still parent their kids. They have done it their whole lives. So getting rid of that guilt as a stepmom when you do need that space and making sure that you have the right partner who understands that you deserve it mm-hmm. is a huge, a huge part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that that's a great sentiment to close on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> stepmotherhood is this dance of being involved and stepping back, not holding guilt for it. And damn, we need a partner who understands that and lifts us up when we need it because the shit's hard. <laughs> yeah. It, it's really fun. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. Person makes it worth it. I mean, we've gone through every single high conflict, parental alienation, addiction, CPS. I mean, you name it, we've dealt with it. And doing that dance is totally worth it. Mm -hmm. You 
learn how to disengage like with your partner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Protecting. You got to protect what you, what you love and, and work towards that. For sure. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and giving your lovely nuggets of wisdom. I think that we don't, we need to really take notice when we are needing to step back and, and like you said, like not feel guilty about that and give ourselves that grace overall. Yeah. Yeah. It's our life too. Yes, it is. It is our <laughs> life too. <laughs> it is. <laughs> All righty. Well, thank you again. As always, everyone listening, be well and stay radical. All right, ladies, the episode is over, but do you want a little more? Come find me on Instagram and join the community at Radical Stepmoms Podcast or schedule a one-on-one session and get that personalized support or become a Radical member and gain access to exclusive content like bonus episodes and merch. Radical Stepmoms is so much bigger than a podcast. Check out the details and the notes on this episode.